Howdy, folks. Welcome back to Fortitude. That's the that's you know the big that guy at the fair. The state that was fair terrible. is back. That was terrible. And the state fair is back in town. So I thought I'd throw that in there, just spice God, it up a bit. I mean that like that was the. <laughs> You are Howdy like that folks. big guy, though. You just stand there <laughs> waving to people, you know. We'll have to we'll have to apologize to our guest here in a second for yeah, embarrassing. Sorry, Gib. This is really a professional show. We have in-house the legendary Gib Lewis. So thank you for joining us, Gib. Mm-hmm. Before we get to that, we got we had a couple opinions from some of our listeners. Apparently, Brenton, one of, one of our episodes of past, we discussed wearing masks. Somebody thought that was too political. Did you not see where I stopped? Uh, like I, I started to go with the political rant on either side or whatever, and I just stopped myself, and that was too political? To right. just my point, my point being is we are not here for our opinions. We're here for our opinions of our guests like Mr. Lewis here. Yes, and we're so going to get his opinion on many things We today. do not hope to influence you, Brenton and I. We want our guests to share their stories. This one happens to be incredible, and you guys decide for yourself what to believe, what not to believe, but whether we tell you yes or no on any issue should not influence you guys. Everybody believes Speaker Gib Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, welcome back to the show, Brenton, from COVID. So we're glad to have you back. Thank you. You look great. Thank you. So, it's all, it's good, Gib. I know I rode in the it, elevator with you, but I'm if you double list, tested yeah, negative. I, mean, I had my shots. Oh, good. good. I did too, Excellent. but I still got it. <laughs> We want to w- remind our listeners, Gib, that at www.roxomediahouse.com, people can follow us and, and find more information, find episodes. This episode will be on there as well. Or on Twitter. Do you, do you have a Twitter account? No. Do you, do you know what that is? I know what Twitter okay. is, and that's why I don't have one. Good. Smart move. Smart move. Well, if you go to if you were on Twitter and you went to Fortitude FW, you could find the Fortitude show. Oh, so. Okay. And additionally, on the Fort Worth Inc. website, where which now houses some of our shows. So. Okay, great. Thank you. Well, without further ado, Mr. Gib Lewis, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Good to be here with you. We're honored to have you. You've got a, you've lived a life of interest in a political uh, prestige, so we like to dive right in. Um, okay. Where do we begin this one, Brenton? Back well, in the, back in the early childhood, or <laughs> yeah, where do you want us to start? I mean, the most illustrious part of your your life, but you've got an interesting life all the way up. You know, served <laughs> this country and and been a Fort Worth business owner and contributor to the community. So. Um, let's go through the background a little bit, I guess, first. So you weren't born here. No, I was born in Limestone County, which is about, oh, one county over from, uh, uh Waco. Okay. In and central, then in central Texas. And then Mahia, did you grow up there or you yeah. grew, up grew up in, up, I grew up in Mahia. Okay. I went to grade school in Mahia and then in high school, I moved down to Angleton for a year. Okay. Uh, and then my grandfather, whom I always spent, uh, uh, all holidays with my grandmother and grandfather, and uh, he died, and I went and I lived with my grandmother uh, my last two years in, in high school. Okay. Then I went over to Sam Houston State in Huntsville, and, and uh, then from there I went into the military, went to Air Force, and and uh, flew on B-36s. Anybody remember B-36s and B-52s? And, oh, yeah. Uh, out of Carswell, correct? Out of Carswell, that's correct. Was just and, with uh, Eric Fox yesterday uh, commenting uh, on the yeah. B-52. Yeah. Well, that's how I got here. And then oh, yeah. the, the, the service in the Air Force at Carswell, you started going to classes at TCU, correct? Right, that's right. What were mm-hmm. classes were you taking? Well, just basic, basic class, stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How was your experience at TCU? Well, I love TCU. Anything that's, out of particular come uh, to mind? No, it was just a great school. It was a great, great school, school indeed. So, yeah. 
And then you got out and you started working for the paper company, right? That's correct. Mm-hmm. And then you said, look, I, I can do this better. So I'm going to go do my own thing. <laughs> so well, tell, yeah, so tell us about Lewis yeah. Label. <laughs> well, I worked for Amsterdam Kirk Paper Company, which is a great, great company. I mean, they had a, they, those people are just star, stars as far as I'm concerned. Cause mm-hmm. They taught me a lot. They taught me about good business principles. And, and, uh, and when I, told them that I was leaving and started in my own business. They were very supportive. I mean, you didn't get mad or anything. I said, that's oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. They, and they became one of my better customers. Sure. So it was, it was great working for them. And, and of course I went in, uh, opened up Lewis label products and what that was, that's a business that deal with labeling uh, products. You know, if you look at that bottle of water there, it has a label on it. Yeah. And, uh, you go into a grocery store, you see labels on everything that's on the shelf. And that's what we did. We specialized in making, uh, printing labels that go on product, food products mainly. About ninety percent of our business was in food products. What? Did you have to go and buy the print? Pr- was that the deal? You said, "Okay, I'm going to get the print press, and then I'm just going to go get that business and we're gonna start printing these labels." That's right. Mm-hmm. What year did Lewis Label start? Sixty-four. Sixty-four. Okay. Mm-hmm. Always at the same location over off of. Oh Grace no, no. We, we, we switched around. We improved several <laughs> several yeah. times. We we moved about four or five times into the. Uh, current uh, sure. location. So, sure. Yeah. Where's, where were some people see some of Lewis label products, uh, things what, what type of products, what brands? Well, any food products, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like, uh, Earl Campbell sausage okay. is a good example. Sure. We did businesses, all of Earl Campbell sausage okay. businesses for years. And then a lot of people in the, uh, packaging is what would mainly, uh, I guess you say people that did bottling, or yep. any any kind of hard packaging, we could do that. So uh, just in, we specialized in packaging, and that was it. You know, if you sure. you look at any product that's got a label, and we we did that label, or didn't want to like it. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. you're going through running this company, then something happens to you that brings you into the political sphere. Tell us about that. Well, it, it really it's kind of an interesting thing. Is Omstead uh, Kirk was a great company, and uh, one thing they were community orientated. And one thing they wanted was all their salesmen, which I was a salesman for them, mm-hmm. be involved in the community and to join service clubs. But at one time, I was a member and president of the River Oaks Lions Club. I was a member and president of the Fort Worth JCs, And at that time, we had something like 350 members mm-hmm. uh, that attended uh, luncheons every Wednesday. And then I was in the Kiwanis. You, you know, we were... Almost in, uh, in every civic club, spending all my time eating breakfast and lunch <laughs> at some civic club. Sure. But during that period of time, I served, went up the ranks and served as uh, president of each and every one of them. Mm-hmm. Even, and so uh, I let, let a couple of guys, a guy named Cordell Hull and Jack, uh, uh, Jack, I'm trying to think of his last name now. But anyway, I let them talk me into going, going to the legislature. And uh, they, they approached me about running. I said, no, I got a new business here. I can't, yeah. I can't afford to take off and go to Austin, you know, and, and be a member of the legislature. Were you uh, familiar with the legislature at the time? And not, kind of not, what they, not really. Yeah. I mean, you were I running your business, yeah, right? I, running my yeah. business. I didn't have much, you know, and, it's, and I didn't know that much about them. Matter right. of fact, I'd never been to Austin, never been in the Capitol at that point. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, uh, so I let them talk me into it. And of course, what they did at that time, I was paying myself a thousand dollars a month. Mm. And, uh, and, and I, 
Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, that's what we <laughs> so, get paid for doing this show. Well, that's good. Wait, you, my, check never, my check never came. By <laughs> well, that's because I took but it, it. But that's what I was paying myself that, and and so and I said I don't have the time, and so Cardell Hall said, "Well, listen, so you don't take all that much time." And of course, both those guys were in the office supply business here in town at that time, and I said, "Doesn't take that much time." I said, "You know, you can go down on a Monday morning. They don't go in a session till about two o'clock, mm-hmm. and then you have session for you know." Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. And Thursday, we go in session real uh, early where you can get out and be home. And what he said, I'm normally home by 4 o'clock in, uh, yeah. in, on, on uh, Thursday. So really, your employees think you've only been gone three days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was their rationale yeah. or something. Like, yeah. And said, plus, you get paid $400 a month. Oh, wow. And I looked at it and I said, man, that's a, that's a big increase. That's a 40% increase. <laughs> yeah. Paying myself now. Yeah. And uh, so I, 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 uh, I just put my hat in the ring and, uh, and I'm running uh, my opponent at that time. It was a fellow named Bob Burnett, who was a lawyer from over in, in Arlington. Mm-hmm. And uh, I never, I never knew him before. I signed up to, to run. I got to know him real well back because in those days politics were different because what we would do, we'd all get in a band and go to a breakfast at the North South Lions Club or we'd go to a, another luncheon that somebody else had and all the candidates get up and give us a spill on who they were and what their background was and things like that. So you guys would ride together. The oh, yeah, candidates ride would together. ride yeah, together. Yeah, yeah. And what mm-hmm. would you what would you discuss? Like what are you gonna say about me at this <laughs> debate oh, or know, something? Well you never you never do we didn't get into those type things. I mean yeah. what you did, you gave your your qualification, what you thought was your qualification, yep, and what you would like to do, or your, your so there your, was this thing like respectful when you did a this. Lot of respect. Huh? In fact, uh, that's when I met my opponent, and the first when I met him, I turned around, and I told the Cardinal Hall, I said, "You no good sob." <laughs> I said, "I'm gonna get my butt beat so bad yeah. by this guy that I won't even know. I won't even be able to show my face in Tarrant County." Of course, yeah. those days we ran countywide, also, right? And we became very good friends mm-hmm. to the point that first thing I did when I got elected after I defeated him, and he had been in the legislature. Uh, How come you defeated him? What What do you think that was? I think just the contact that I made through the civic clubs and yep. active in, in the communities and, and all over and and. Uh, uh, <laughs> But the first thing I did, because Preston Smith was the governor at that time, yeah, and and I gained a lot of respect for for uh, for him, and uh, so I went to the governor and I said, Governor, you got, I see you got a, a, a judgeship opening up in Tarrant County. I said, Do I have the guy for you? Oh wow! <laughs> and so he got appointed, and and we because we had already become good friends after that. So let me just get this straight. This is so different from where we are now. Oh, yeah. You got a guy who ran against you, you defeated him, and then you go help him get his next spot by getting him a gubernatorial appointment into a That's a right. Judge. He was a great judge because he would been he'd been a good he had been a good legislator. I just didn't know it. Yeah. That just because I was so naive about everything. I sure. didn't I wasn't aware of what really it entailed to be a, a member of the legislature. Gib, what would you say was your what were your strengths at that point in your life? What were you what, what was four things you were doing that people resonated with and liked about you? Uh, I don't know. I, you, you know, you never know. I mean, you know, uh, it seemed to be every everything I was involved in. Well, I became president of it, so I guess everybody <laughs> thought I had leadership qualities or whatever it might be because uh, I've served as president of about five or six different clubs, organizations right. at that time. 
and you know, and, and stayed pretty well organized, I thought, plus running the business at the same thing. So that's the only thing I can think Very of good. is that. So the same kind of thing happened in the legislature. So how long were you uh, a member of the legislature before you were elected speaker? Uh, I was a member for eight years before I was speaker. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so how did all that come about, you think? About the same way. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you got well, to know the process. and Well, you, you get to know the process. And and the interesting thing, too, is is uh, I was appointed chairman of a major committee my second term, which never happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, the speaker at that time appointed me uh, chairman of the Natural Resources Committee, which had all engaged, forestry, water, everything under that category. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... Uh, that helped me because half the bills that were introduced came before my committee and you get a strong bond with, uh, those people who are trying to get something through. Sure. Now, and, do you uh, think that that was because of such a good, strong relationship with the speaker or he gave it to you because there was some heavy well, lifting I, that I, I think it both. Yeah. 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 I think it was both. So yeah. when you became speaker, you beat a man by Bill Clayton. Was this somebody you knew, right? Is, no, I didn't beat Bill Clayton. You were, you were he, appointed? He retired. You retired. He so that, retired okay. and I, I ran for speaker. You Are you and this Mr. Clayton, did you guys know each other? Oh, yeah. We knew each other very well. How how, did yeah. that, how was that relationship once you took over? Just friendly? Well, he, he retired, so he wasn't around right, right. after that. No. Was he, so was he helpful in your in your? He, he, he was because uh, I never did intend to run for speaker. That was not even on my mind. I had planned on coming back to Fort Worth and trying to make a living is what I had planned on doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I had a, a staff, uh, several people on my staff that worked for me and for the committee and whatever, but had eight or nine staff people. And we all had a, a barbecue at my apartment one night. And I, I said, I just wanted to get you all together. And they said, no, I'm not going to run for the legislature anymore, which I planned on getting out of the legislature. You were going to announce to me you're not going to run anymore. Yeah, and I did. I, I said, I'm not. And say, so, what do you mean? Everybody thinks you're going to run for speaker. Everybody thinks you're going to be the next speaker. I said, who, who came up with that crazy idea? Said, well, everybody did. And I said, well, I haven't. And <laughs> I said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I said, I'm going to make five calls or stops tomorrow, the next two days. And I, I said, I'm going to visit with this person, this person, this person. And I said, the first person I'll uh, meet with is the speaker. Yeah. So that's the first one I went to the next day, and I t- talked to Bill. I said, Mr. Speaker, I said, I've had some people kind of wetting on my leg and tell me it's raining, and I just want to <laughs> let you know that uh, I'm not going to do anything as long as you're involved in it. Sure. And he said, what's that? I said, I'm thinking about throwing my hat in for Speaker when you leave. He said, I think that's a great idea. Everybody already thinks that's going to be the case. Gosh. <laughs> I, said, I said, why didn't somebody tell me? Yeah. <laughs> Did you have to even go to the other four at that point? Or? We, uh, I, I went to him anyway. And again, I said, the first person that turns me down and says, don't do it. I'm not going to do it, which I had planned on doing. Never that. happened, huh? Never happened. Everybody said, you. Not so, only did you win, you were the first person to win it five times running. Mm-hmm. So, Un- unopposed. Unopposed. Yeah. Un- un- incredible. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's it like to be Speaker of the House for people yeah, that just, aren't familiar? Well, it's a great honor. Number one, it's it's a major honor because what you have done is uh, been elected to represent them and be their spokesman for any issue that comes forward. And you, number one, you protect them. And you, you, you and of course, it's like say you're the one that keeps the, the freight train going down the track. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, and it's 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 not easy. It's you, you got to deal with a lot of different personalities and different issues that uh, you know pop up overnight that you had to put the fire out. And yes, what would sir? you say the most challenging day a speaker was or, mm. or issue to get through? Well, not, 
uh, not, not, I don't, I can't recall, and I'm going to tell you why. Okay. I never brought a, a, a bill to the house that was not going to pass. And so I made sure before anybody got their bill presented to the, to the uh, House of Representatives that they had the votes to get it passed. And I, I, I did that because if you don't do it, you stay all day on one bill and never get it done. Yeah. And yeah. so, uh, so we, and, and of course that being the case, I was speaker for five years. I mean, five terms. We never lost a floor boat. Mm. And and now they lose about five a day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> well, and talk about the, the caucus aspect too, because mm -hmm. I think there was something that you didn't really want entering in those chambers either. Well, that's that's another thing I did. I, I I did not recognize caucuses, and uh, I, I had them. You know, some Republicans and some Democrats come to me want to have how wanted to create a caucus. I said, no, we're not going to do that. Mm -hmm. I said, uh, you can meet if you want to or whatever. I said, but I'm not going to recognize you. And number one, I said, why not? I said, well, number one, I said, first thing you want. You'd be wanting an office and office personnel, and and uh, and it's going to cost money. And I said, uh, uh, I'm not going to be part of it. And so, therefore, they never, they never, and I, and they, so they never organized. Yeah, so, very good. Yeah, you have a couple, couple of bills you passed. Um, I like to mention because they're worth mentioning. But the '84 Education Act, mm -hmm. one of those sweeping um, public education reform bills, maybe ever. I don't know, but can you walk us a little bit through that? That passing, that was a big deal in Texas at the time. Well, it was. And I, I would say that all the issues that I got real deeply involved with was that. Mm -hmm. And, and and of course, I was the creator of it because Mark White had just got elected governor. And uh, he came over to my office and, and he said, here's what I want. And he said, and he said number one, he said, I want to give the school teachers a big raise. And I said, so do I. I said, but before we do that, we're going to make some changes in education. And so he said, well, whatever you want. And so what we did then, we created a, a special committee that was from citizens around the state that had some interest in uh, some of them were business people. In fact, Ross Perot was the chairman of that committee. Mm -hmm. And uh, and they spent a whole year traveling all over uh, the United States, just about, and all over the state, looking at every education system mm -hmm. and coming up with the best ideal that they thought we needed in Texas. And it, like I say, that we made a lot of changes, made every superintendent mad and every school teacher mad because nobody likes changes, you know, but we, we got, got it done. Who was the tell lieutenant me about governor it, yeah. at that time? Uh, were Hobby. they on board too? Or was yeah, he or yeah. she? Yeah. Hobby. Yeah. Bill yeah. Hobby. Okay. Yeah. And we know you're, you, we talked to you off air, but you're a big hunter. You love the, the exotic game and things of that nature, but in, you created the Operation Game Thief. You're part of that whole bill. I, I, that was significant because it, it did a lot of protections for hunt, the hunting industry, correct? That's true. Well, what it does protects your wildlife because, you know, if you got poachers out there, what they're doing, they're stealing the state's wildlife. Was well, that happening? Were, were you oh, personally yeah. mm -hmm. uh, uh, kind of well, seeing that? Well, I didn't person. I, yeah. I, I, and I'd actually, I, uh, the, how I, how it came to me was uh, not really somebody bringing it to me, but uh, I, I read, of course, if you hunt, you read a lot of hunting magazines. Yeah. <laughs> and up in Wisconsin, somewhere like that, they had put that system in. Yeah. And uh, it was a reward system. What it is, you know, if you see somebody that's killing a deer or a duck or what it might be out of, without a license or out of season, mm -hmm. if you call it into the game warden and they go out and arrest that person and mm -hmm. find him, you're subject to a reward. 
And oh, so, yeah. And so you get a reward. It's almost like a hunt itself, huh? Yeah, that's right. And, <laughs> Have uh, you ever been fined for hunting without a license? No. Okay, no. good. Okay, let's, let, let's ask another <laughs> hunting question, though. You've been all over the world hunting. What is the, like, the top, okay, what was the, mo- the best hunt ever? And then what was the one that you were, like, probably so looking forward to and there's like, this is nothing. This was easy. <laughs> I don't know. That's hard to say. I've done quite a bit of hunting. I've hunted in, in almost every country in the world and certainly every continent. And um, uh, some of the toughest hunts was, of course, as you uh, polar bear hunts. You know, in the Arctic, it's 25 below zero, riding on a dog sled, and it gets pretty <laughs> tough. So, uh, I'll bet. And, You're uh, lucky you got all your digits after that, <laughs> well, huh? That's true. And, uh, and some of the, you know, like a, a good example of another tough hunt is. Uh, which I, last one I, I've been on about four or five over in Turkey. There's one particular Ibex over there I've wanted for years, and and it's a, Turkey is high. I mean, it's those mountains up there are fifteen, twenty thousand foot high, Truly. I guess, and you got to get up on top of them. And this last uh, two years ago, it was I was up and I'd taken a long shot, about a four hundred yard shot, and missed an Ibex after hunting this Ibex for five six days at that point, and and I. Had my phone, I gave it, and of course, I was sitting there in knee-deep snow. I was sweating like you wouldn't believe from climbing. Oh. And I gave this, my camera to the guy, and I said, take my picture. He said, why? I said, take my picture just like I am right now. And he said, why is that? I said, I'm going to blow that up, blow it up to an 8 by 10. And any time I think I'm going to do this again, I'm going to look at that, <laughs> that picture, and I'm going to say, no, you're too old to start climbing any more mountains. So that's, oh, yeah. Uh, and that's true. I haven't even been tempted since. But that so, was only how many years ago? About two years ago. And how old are you? I'm 84. 84. That's impressive. Yeah, it is. I guess you learned how to be tough down there in the legislature as a speaker, huh? Maybe that's it. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) One more more bill I wanted to run back. It's kind of backtracking a little bit, but in 85, the Texas Water Plan. um, Can you tell us some information, some details about that? Do you recall? Well, it's, you know, a speaker... You have to take the lead on a lot of these things. The governor and lieutenant governor do the same thing. And... uh, and you have to be able, which me being outdoors as much as I am, I realize the value of water. A lot of people don't have any idea, you know, what water really stands for and what what we got to have it to mm-hmm. live or or do anything. And uh, and realizing that uh, the future was not good for plenty of water for for our country and our state to grow and prosper. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I I appointed a committee. Uh, of same thing we did on the education committee, citizens that would have an interest in water and let them come up with a plan, which they did. And then we introduced a bill and, and uh, we passed a major Texas water. What did, what did the bill entail, basically? Oh, conservation mainly and setting up uh, districts, water districts, and uh, having somebody in charge of uh, what sure. you can and what you cannot do. Mm-hmm. It's water you can't just waste it. And at that time, we had a lot of people wasting a lot of water you mm-hmm. know they, right. they get a pump and just let it run 24 yep. 7 and pump it out of a river and put it put it right back in right no good stuff there for sure well mm-hmm. so surely you follow politics uh now through the news and things of that nature i'm guessing how do you feel like we're going as as a city specifically fort worth you know fort worth uh, we 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 got a great city we've had great people leading this city for a long time and uh uh, I brag about Fort Worth all the time because uh, we don't have near the turmoil ter- we have uh, in other other parts of Texas, and that goes back to what we've done in this for people who represent Tarrant County. But we've always had Tarrant County has always had the, 
strongest delegation in the state. Mm-hmm. And we always have stayed together. And, uh, and it's always been for Fort Worth and Tarrant County. So they've had that attitude, that good positive attitude. And it, it's like I had a guy one time uh, that had liquor stores out in West Texas named Pinky Roden. And Pinky came into my office one time. Pinky's like out there on the strip at, uh, yeah. in Tech or yeah. Lubbock? Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, he came in my uh, in my office one time with several other people from uh, uh, middle of Odessa, mm-hmm. and they came in on that West Texas College. They were trying to get the, the university built out there, and, and so Pinky Pinky was there with him, and I said, and he was giving this big pitch, uh, pitch, and I said, Pinky, I said, you've been around here ever since I have. I said, you've always been out promoting university and and West Texas and middle of Odessa. I said, I don't remember one time that you've ever come into this office and asked for anything that helps you or your business. He said, Gip, you got to understand, anything that helps West Texas helps Pinky. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's the way that it happens down yeah, there and, that's and right. up here too, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's and, and Fort Worth's always had that attitude. You know, mm-hmm. what, what's good for Fort Worth is good for me. Ah, it's goodness. Do you like the way the mayor's doing things these days, the new mayor? Are you familiar? I, I really haven't kept up. With, you know, okay. it's been too early to see how she's going to do. She's a lovely lady. Were you close with Betsy at all? Uh, yes, Betsy was very close to me. Good, good. And so, yeah. That's great. So, you know, we ask this to all of our guests. We kind of preempted or prepped you for it. Um, best day of your life, you know, sans the family stuff, I guess it could be a hunting thing, but, uh, you know, just kind of the way we end the show is we ask our guests what the best day of their lives has been, you know, thus far. Well, you know, you, you have to think being elected speaker would have to be one of the best days of your life because you look back and reflect, you know, I've been elected to be speaker of the house of the state of Texas which is, you know, one of the largest, it is the largest state in the, in the nation. And uh, and I've been elected unanimously by my peers. These are the people who know mm-hmm. me the best. They know every ward I've got on my head. They know everything about me. And for them to put their blind trust in me was a privilege. And that was probably my favorite moment of my that's life. A great, oh, that's that's great. a great answer. How, yeah. how do you celebrate the first uh, being nominated to the speaker? Is that, is that a, that's a big day. How do you, how do you go celebrate? Well, I had everybody I went to high school with was there. Oh, wow. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I brought them all in the, in the Fort Worth because half of them thought I'd be in penitentiary. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of though, there is uh, some kind of penal place named after Gib Lewis, uh, right? A, that's Tell right. us about that uh, well, real quick. Well, you know, yeah, of course I had nothing to do with the, with the naming. In fact, I don't think I would name it after me. But the uh, the board met, and the guy the guy was chairman of the board. He called me and he said, "I just want you to know if somebody talks to you about going to the penitentiary, get in your own unit." And I said, "What do you mean?" He said, "Well, the board met last night. We named this unit over in West East Texas the Gib Lewis Prison Unit." Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, what an honor, right? Yeah. What an honor. The guy, the speaker Lewis, he's got a library in Fort Worth named after him and a penitentiary named after him as well. Mm-hmm. Well, I got a business school named after him, Sam Houston. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think that's great. Well, we oh, yeah, can't that, thank that, you those, enough. Those are great honors to have, and I, I certainly don't deserve any of them, but uh, I'm very flattered that uh, you know people would do that. Right. Well, Gib, you lived a very interesting life. Thank you for sharing it here with us. We're, we're glad to meet you, glad to know you, so thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for all your service. Yep. My pleasure. I'm glad to do it. Okay, thanks a lot. Thanks a lot.